0: Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 80. My name is Crosser. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And each week, Wilson and I share a classic movie we have seen with Charles that he hasn't seen. This week, we watched the 1979 movie, The Warriors. So Charles, tell us about it.
1: We're set in a near-future gritty New York that's full of very well-dressed gangs. (laughs) And the main gang is the Warriors, and they get framed for the murder of a powerful man who's trying to unite all of the gangs. And so a hit gets called on them, and they have to escape from the Bronx back to their home on Coney Island, so pretty much as far as you can travel on the MTA, while the other gangs are all pursuing them to try to take them in, dead or alive. So they, you know, they escape and they head home. They have various encounters with other gangs. Most of them escape with their lives. And uh, (laughs) when they get home, they are revealed to be innocent, and the real perpetrators get caught.
2: Yeah. Uh, Crossman, this is your pick do the, the Warriors this week? What what brought you to this movie? It's a
0: cult classic. It is. Uh, Charles is going to Coney Island. Did that happen yet? It was uh, last weekend, right? It wasn't Coney Island. It was uh, Red Hook, but I did go. Close okay. enough. Close enough. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. There,
1: there's that factor. <laughs> uh,
0: no, it's a, it's a weird like cult film. I think it's pretty influential. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I think one of the first films where it's like pretty much just all action from start to mm-hmm. start to finish. Yeah. And it's weird, it's a weird film. It's, it's post-apocalyptic in a sense. I've heard it described as like a sci-fi film. It, it, it looks
2: like a sci-fi film. Like the way that he frames these cities and these buildings and these places, it, it has this kind of... Yeah, futuristic, post-apocalyptic sense. Although it's not, he never says it's in the future. Like at no I think point,
1: something in there says it's set in the near future, but it's the
0: near future from nineteen seventy-nine. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I think leads well into kind of like the fears of crime in the late seventies and eighties, because they are just like urban landscapes are just like not worth saving. Yeah, and so there're just these like hellscapes where just like Crime is a constant, and then it runs the city. Yeah, it runs the city, and uh, yeah, it's it's weird though in that like our heroes are like criminals, and and not judged for it, not judged for it at all by the film. They're like good criminals. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, protagonists. Yeah, (laughs) protagonists. Um, I I think the Charles alluded to it. The costuming in this movie is super wacky. It makes yeah it's such a strange choice and it's one of the most interesting choices about the film that's probably what like got yeah. so many people to be drawn to this movie it's, it's got a r- distinct style to
1: it it's got a look yeah yeah so i, I see like the baseball furies come up a lot in costumes
0: I yeah think. uh the english band the outfield was actually named after this movie because really? they were I so know. interested <laughs> in the uh like the baseball gang that's wild. I don't uh, know they're English, actually. Yes, they are. Okay, um, and they name themselves after this movie. I feel a
1: little tricked.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, the I don't know. This is a it's a weird film. I I, I like it because of that. Um, I think it's like fun and interesting to watch. It's kind of problematic because it's from '79, but that's. Most it Comes with the territory. Most movies. Period. Yeah, Running <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run into happy. that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is like a true cult film. film. It kind of like, it did okay when it came out and then was like very popular, like when people rediscovered it. And, yeah, well, yeah. It,
2: it had kind of a tortured release because it came out. Yes. Yeah, right. I, read, I read about
0: this on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> okay. It sounds very funny. Quick, yeah, like there it. was
2: some sort of... Yeah gang, two gang murders right before this movie came oh, no. out. and I didn't hear about the murders. Uh, would I, okay, good Okay, so We might go. be talking about different things then, yeah. but apparently there were two gang-related murders, or allegedly gang-related murders that happened right before this movie came out, and the studio gave theaters the option of pulling this movie, because normally they have a contract with the studio and they like, have to awkward. run the movie, and like many, like thousands of theaters took them up on it. Um, they still ended up making their money back because like, this was a profitable movie upon release. But, like, it had this very fraught political release
0: uh, back in 79. Yeah, I'd heard that, like, theaters experienced, like, a rash of violence when <laughs> okay. when they were, like, showing the film. Because, like, all these young huh. people would, like, go and then, like, beat each other up. Like, during, during <laughs> I the must do. Yeah. yeah. Where's my baseball bat? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it's interesting. It kind of predicts, like, like '80s movie culture of like urban violence. It's like a very early like entry in that. Um, I, that's
2: interesting because I kind of had yeah. a
0: different read
2: on it. Um, in that it was a response to a lot of that. Because this this would have been post Dirty Harry. This would have been post Death Wish. To me, it feels like a movie that is looking at those kind of really conservative Law and Order style action movies, and saying like, "What if we made? What if we? What if we took?" Charleston Heston or Clint Eastwood or whoever out of that movie and just like let the guy that he's beating up the punks that are the bad guys in those movies run the movie mm-hmm. and like the the what you end up with is the Warriors and to me it seems responsive to that and the lack of judgment that this movie has for the gang characters and how it treats police officers is really just about yeah it's, the gang. it's
0: kind of explicitly anti-police officer yeah, yeah. It, it,
2: in that sense to me it reads as responsive to pretty conservative cinematic tropes throughout the 70s in these these action movies. Um, so it, yeah, in a sense it predicts what happens in the 80s, but for me it's more about answering what has already happened in the 70s.
0: That's fair, I think the 80s, because ver- so all those movies got like sequels in the 80s, Yes, and the 80s versions of those movies are just like, it's just like, yeah they're worse, <laughs> message wise. They're yeah. already like very conservative. Yeah. They they got even like more fascistic. You're correct. And to the point where they're just like, oh, let's just go shoot criminals, and that's like movie. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the This plot. is I think this is really well inter- illustrated actually by uh, Rambo. Sure. So Rambo's like in the '70s is like a very nuanced like. It's an anti-war movie. Anti-Vietnam movie. Yeah. In the '80s, it just becomes let's just go shoot up Iraq. Uh, <laughs> Period. yeah. <laughs> once again yeah yeah which when is like a similar remake,
1: they did the same thing i'm pretty sure
0: yes yeah. and it's a similar arc to like all of those movies that had like an interesting and nuanced like well maybe not but like they had like a more. slightly more thoughtful first iteration <laughs> mm-hmm. and then all the sequels were just like yeah let's fuck that let's just like shoot not white people right yeah. i mean which is just a very classic
2: yeah. tale about how sequels bad sequels take shape and in
0: American cinema, right? Like Yeah. And you, how and how conservative like the yeah. eighties got too. Yeah. Where absolutely. it was just like extremely fascistic, really racist, really focused on like urban culture. Yeah, and yeah. not interested in critiquing dominant narratives at all. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, did you like this movie, Charles? Was it good? Yeah? Okay. It was very minimal, I would call it. I agree. Yeah. Because it, it's mostly just like them fighting other gangs and trying to escape from danger. There's not a whole lot of character development or Um, things like that. Like, they pick up the woman and they have a bit of interaction and there's some clash with her and the main, um, the the guy who replaces the gang leader. Swan. Yeah. Um, But it didn't really feel like they were trying that hard with that relationship or any of the other ones. Uh, You have, like, the guy who wants to be the leader but he's an asshole and he gets taken away because he's an asshole. Um, So you, you get a bit of that but otherwise it's just the gang fighting other gangs and getting away but... Uh, I like the aesthetic of the movie, um, so I, th- I think people generally like it because of the style. I already mentioned that before, I guess. Uh, the music was great. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I like seeing the classic subway map. It looks really nice. That's, yeah, that's awesome. And that's how right. it
2: opens. And it was it was especially fun for me to watch that now because where they start is pretty close to where my actual subway stop is where my apartment is so i'm watching that map and i was like yep that's basically
1: how i get to work (laughs) there there they go and and it's such a new york movie because they're naming all these like subway stops and like these they take really what their path home would be right yes like they were in the bronx they take the two or the three down to union square and transfer to Right, whatever gets to Coney Island, the NQR, yeah. Yeah, the so, queue.
0: I, I did find a, uh, there was someone wrote like a very extensive blog post where they tracked scene by scene like where each scene was shot <laughs> Oh in really. York. A lot of it was fake. They actually never shot in the Bronx. So like the first oh, yeah, scene is shot in like north of Manhattan, and then they it's th- like Upper West Side. I think I did recognize yeah. the 96th Street station. Yeah, yeah the subway stuff
2: there. was accurate. It Was pretty
0: pretty close. To they, well, they also shot in an abandoned subway station, which is why they got to walk and, on and the tracks. And just like and, re- yeah. and reuse that station for a bunch of different stations. Right, but. Mm-hmm. Generally, what they lay out is like a sensible path from the Bronx to Coney if you were to follow like the real stations. Right, because yeah. it really is it's one transfer from Diamond from yeah, right, yeah,
2: Union
1: yeah, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Station to Coney.
1: <to> <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. had like a track fire and stuff, you know, all, mm-hmm. all yeah. normal stuff in any normal MTA. Yeah, that's other the thing I noticed. Like
0: the MTA is still fucking
1: with people, even back in '79. Yeah, there was a train yeah. on fire. They had to stop at a station. Like. Right, they
2: they were delayed and people were whining about it. On yeah. The, yeah. Uh, at, at 14th or whatever. They also
0: had like the classic scene of like people catching the doors and like holding the doors. Yeah, <laughs> which is, like, exactly. <laughs> what an still is vague. Well,
2: I think my favorite subway moment in this movie was towards the end when they finally are on the queue back to Brooklyn, and they're just like all beat up and bloody and filthy. And they're sitting there on the train, exhausted, and like these kids that look like they're on their way to prom or whatever yeah. <laughs> pile onto the train and sit across from them. And like within a few minutes, they're just like staring at these gang members, you know, bloody and beaten across from them, and like get dead quiet and like get off at the next stop yeah. and <laughs> presumably switch trains. Yeah, <laughs> and, like that. I thought that was pretty good. Just like this totally, there's no dialogue. There's like this totally silent moment in this movie, and like it articulates this. Like these, this two New York idea. Like there's these people living in this gang world that's entirely separate from these people that are off to prom or the disco or whatever the hell was going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with their yeah. ridiculous
1: frilly outfits. Oh <laughs> yes. man, the yeah. fashion back then. Right, yeah. like
2: clothing again is so important in this film, um, and that that's their gang uniform, right? Like they wear dumb suits and ridiculous yeah. I, I like
1: the little detail of uh, the the girl they pick up, uh, like going to adjust her hair, and Swan's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. don't feel insecure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Although this movie does have um, it's a troubling perspectives on women. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Mercy character, which is the one that you're referring to, because really there's the Mercy character and then there's the Lizzie's that they run into by 14th Street when they're waiting for everybody else to show up. That's basically all there is for women in this movie. And well, the At least
1: they got a whole gang of themselves, I guess.
2: Right, but it seems to me this movie is drawing some parallel between promiscuity and like malicious behavior and and uh-huh. and immorality, and like th- that's just conventional slut shaming, right? And I think that that is some of what's going on here, and that's too
0: bad. I, I did. I found the Mercy character kind of like more interesting than that, though, because she is like a troublemaker character that they they tolerate <laughs> for dup- uh, un- unclear reasons. Unclear reasons, but <laughs> yeah. her her character like is interesting in that she's like. She's like intentionally fucking with the main characters. Right. But she's fucking with him through her sexuality, right? And he retains
2: his virtue and he retains his legitimacy as our hero when he turns her down. Yeah. Right. So you you have that bit where they are walking through on the train tracks somehow (laughs) in the subway where she like basically wants to fuck on the tracks is what it seems like <laughs> and it's like and that doesn't make sense and would be gross and he <laughs> turns her down and I, and that is supposed to be like him retaining his virtue or something or like staying focused yeah. on his mission whereas she is this temptress trying to pull him away from that so that he will not fulfill the task at hand and like that kind of sucks right yeah. like that's uh, sure. kind of a not great message um but again 1979 that's that's what's gonna happen, yeah. uh, and then like she gets to the end. She gets to the end of the film, you know, having learned her lesson from these guys, and demonstrate that like when they retain who they are, mm-hmm. then they can win at the end. And she's treated more like a girlfriend rather than just yeah the trollop that they happen to pick up. I think in, 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 in addition
0: the to the like '70s politics, it, apparently it's loosely based on like a Greek tale, yes. which is like all the more reason that it would have like poor. Yeah, of course like poor politics yeah because
2: yeah because the greek story is it's like a band of greek soldiers get trapped behind uh enemy lines oh yeah they had that
1: little intro i forgot about that
2: right and have to fight their way back to to Athens mm-hmm. uh, somehow which is you know what happens in this movie with coney island standing for Athens. yeah and we yeah. have the like the harpy gang of the, the Lizzy. The sirens. Yeah. Right, which is, again, yeah. fe- feeds right back into sexual- women's sexuality and women taking control of their sexuality as something insidious. Yeah. Right, same, same tropes there. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe something that hasn't aged super well. Um, but yeah, it, got, it, got, it comes with the territory. Yeah, there's
0: a considerable amount of homophobia in this movie. They throw
2: the F word around a lot. A lot. And I don't mean fuck, I mean the other F word. They, yeah. they
0: use it all the time. Yeah, and yeah. then there's a gang of lesbians too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I think it's mostly the, the asshole dude uh, yes. who wants to be the leader, and he does get punished for being a piece of shit. Right, but he get, he gets punished for like
2: attempting to rape an undercover cop, and the swan character definitely uses the F word, at least once because um, I remember. I remember. I remember, I remember pretty clearly that he he does. Um, so, yeah, I don't think this movie is super great on LGBT yeah. <laughs> representation either. No. no. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that said, I again, it's nineteen seventy nine. Like you kind of gotta know that's what's gonna happen here. But if someone were troubled enough by that, I'd understand if they weren't super into watching the Warriors all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No. And um, what do we think of the? Uh, the action sequences here, right? Like, the, it, I think there's still a primitive look to it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can still tell this was an indie movie made 40 years ago, um, but I was surprised how well it held up. From an action movie
0: perspective, it it look—they're looks pretty, pretty brutal. The I mean, the most well notable mm-hmm. one in my mind was the fight in Union Station, yes. where apparently they have bathrooms. I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think those are closed up now. I feel yeah, like I've yeah. seen yeah. doors that are like locked, <laughs> <and> <laughs> are labeled <laughs> yeah. as bathrooms. It's You're Probably right. where the police station is now. Yeah, uh, that's a good yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they have that bathroom fight, which like you would think would be like a very. Constricting mm-hmm. space, but the way that they use it is like very, very reminiscent of um, uh, what was the other like kung fu movie that we watched? And the, the Dragon? Dragon? Yeah. yeah. No, no, not the that, Raid. Uh, the Raid, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's like very reminiscent of the Raid where there's yeah. like this very like pretty, like, very violent, like, people being pushed into glass and, like, getting hit yeah. by, like, bats and... Yeah, multiple, getting knocked into
2: mirrors. Yeah, yeah, multiple people thrown into mirrors. Um, yeah. They break, like, every door on the stalls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like. Someone is
1: lifted up and thrown through a sink, if I recall correctly. Yes, that yeah. does yeah. happen. Uh, so so it was y- really cool how that y- fight started, too, because mm-hmm. they, they, like, all storm into the room and try <clears> to figure out, like, where where they are, and they all pop out of the stalls at the same time. That yeah. was really cool. That
2: was cool. I think what makes them work. I think you can see this in that scene. I think you see it in the less impressive uh, Central Park baseball fight scene. Yeah, it's the sound design. Like, yeah. Th- those punches, those hits, they sound like they hurt. They sound yeah. like they're big, and that makes a huge difference. Like That's always sound important. is sound is really like how we experience cinema most viscerally, I think. And. They nail it here, like mm-hmm. and it and it, it it so the hits look real,
0: they feel real because they sound real. Yeah, I think it's also that like it doesn't look like these are skilled fighters; they're just like throwing punches. They're definitely not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so brutal because it's like it's not an art form what they're doing; they're just like attacking each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean,
2: because it wouldn't make sense for them to like have training. Yeah, right. Like these these kids, they all look like kids. They all look like they're early 20s at the oldest mm-hmm. yeah, and they're supposed to be poor they're supposed to be lower class like they're not going to go to the gym and, and learn how to fight properly
0: and there's like real damage being mm-hmm. taken here too or like people are getting like black eyes and bloody noses and stuff yeah like you that. see
1: them get progressively more worn out as the night goes on yeah right they take they take scars <clears> and stuff
2: yeah and so the, the makeup design is pretty well done too right for a movie that again was on a budget and is pretty old now most yep. of it holds up, like, and most of it looks like they actually, you know, take a look. And like the, um, the Swan character gets that wound on his left cheek, like mm-hmm. halfway through the movie. That yeah, it is
0: gross and like purple. And, yeah, that yeah. looks pretty serious. Yeah, <laughs> and, like yeah.
2: that kind of stuff. That's 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 well done.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. I liked the. I think one of the reasons the film holds up is actually like all the fighting is like very visceral, mm-hmm. very violent. It feels r- really like cringeworthy real.
2: yeah well and yeah
0: yeah for for most of it i
2: think it is pretty well shot there are, i think there are spots for critique in that central park fight that one did not age well i think that that was really the baseball yeah, the series baseball, one? baseball yeah.
0: people are like absurd like they're the most absurd right the costume <laughs> design is great yeah right but yeah, i, I think, love
2: it i think that that scene was not shot well i think that it, it doesn't look that good like that, they, they're, they're, that was one where they used a lot of close-ups. I think to conceal mm-hmm. action, there was a lot of cutaways at moments where like you should be seeing what's going on, and I think that it was more difficult to like orient what was going on during that sequence. And I think if you compare yeah. it to that fight in the bathroom, which really is the best that the movie has, you can see the contrast where you really are aware of you can you can you can see the guy getting thrown at the mirror through the sink. You can see how they're being positioned and why this move leads to the next one, which is not always clear in that Central Park scene.
1: Yeah, I think one of the challenges of that Central Park scene <clears throat> is that they have a larger space for sure. so few people to be fighting. So that if you zoomed out a little more, it might be more obvious that it's, like, six people in the park and it would look kind of silly. Yeah. So if you zoom in closer, it makes it seem... Well, it seems, like, more claustrophobic, I guess. You seem more, like, locked in with these people fighting. And it it's less obvious that there's so few people involved. It seems like a grander fight. Yeah, you're probably right that that was their thinking, is that they need to
0: hide the excess space. I think yeah. shooting at night is also really challenging. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did shoot at night. Uh, they like. it's most of the movie. Yeah, and... I think that's really hard. Like light just doesn't carry well when you're when you're shooting, especially at night. And, yeah.
2: Well, uh, I mean, this movie had more than a few production problems, <laughs> right? Because yeah, mm-hmm. there's they weren't shooting in the Bronx, but they were shooting in Brooklyn and Union Square when Union Square was not a great part of town. Yeah. And like they had to contend with actual gangs.
1: <laughs> oh man. They,
2: while they were shooting this movie about fake gangs. They're probably and, less cute. Uh, very likely. Yes. Um, and like that was a real thing. Like the famous, one of the famous stories is that when they were in one of the subway stations shooting one of these fight scenes, probably with the cops, there was a gang above them, peeing down into their shot. No, oh. <laughs> as they were trying to. That's a little more innocuous than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, um, and so they had to. They hired some sort of um, gang advisor to tell them like where the nice gangs were in the city so that they could stage their scenes there and like where the violent mean ones were and they can avoid that part of town and like you they gotta paid someone to exploit
1: the orphans huh? right
2: yeah so they had to like mm-hmm. pay someone to tell them this to make sure that people weren't you know attacking their yeah. their set um, so like this movie had like many classic kind of independent film problems right like just you can't find a place to shoot and there's like weird Stuff with the locals—that's giving you <laughs> problems, um, which I think also like adds to the mystique of it.
0: I like the notion <laughs> of a gang in this movie—is that like you dress exactly alike? Yeah, yeah. Seems to be the major like overriding factor of being in a gang. Is, yeah, like, like there are s-
2: there are some yeah. racial alliances, right? And there's an obvious
1: gender one because there's one girl gang. Um, the kind of weapon they use. Yes.
2: The thing. Yeah. The, the, yeah, dressing alike and the the, the accessories. Style. Yeah, um, but they're not all like they're not all racially motivated because
0: in the Warriors there's a. There I found the movie to be surprisingly diverse, especially for yeah, seventy-nine. Despite our movie, previous like, concerns with other issues, uh, yeah, at least like there's some racial our diversity. Our main characters here. are like a totally diverse gang. Right, like, but yeah. I think
1: they were like half and half, black and white. Yes, I, I guess there were nine people, so they couldn't be exactly half and half. But right, they were approximately. Right,
2: but they, I mean, there is a black gang that are that are the good guys, right? In the end, and there is like the, mm-hmm. the the bad guys are the white gang, and they're yeah. clearly coded as Nazis, right? Like you have like the guy has a hat with like a Nazi symbol on it.
0: But there are other gangs that are diverse. <laughs> yes, that they right. run into. So. There were some Asian yeah, people yeah. in this movie. <laughs> there there were. were,
2: yeah, yes, they didn't you know have any significant role, but they, yeah, they were they were on, on screen. The screen. They yeah. were on screen. Um, the most interesting political move in this movie, though, for my money, though, is at the beginning, like, that speech at the beginning. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Sci- beginning. so Cyrus is yeah. our messianic it's, it, figure. He, he's yeah. Martin Luther King, right? Like, that is, or, or maybe closer to Malcolm X, but, mm-hmm. like, a lot of civil rights imagery in and
0: language in that sequence. Yeah, the, the gist of the speech is that, like, as gangs, we, like, we outnumber the police officers. So Three to like, one. Yeah, so it's like, it's our city to, to own. Yeah, and that's the point that he's making, and that's, yeah. that is a point that... And it's a somewhat like, utopian point. It's like, we yeah. don't need law enforcement here. Like, the city yeah. will function without law enforcement. Right, and we have the capacity to
2: overpower them. Yes. right. Yes. That's, that's another reason this movie caught some flack, was that just stating that in a film was too much for some people, because it's true. Right, like cause that's, at the time, that was a true fact. I don't think it's true now. No, because yeah. the, the the NYPD is like an army, basically. It's like, yeah, it's larger than most nations' armies. Um, so yeah, it's probably not true.
0: And militarized in a way that, like, in this movie, we don't really see. Like, the cops in this movie don't use guns; they have like batons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like fisticuffs like everybody else. So like they're yeah.
2: they're shot and behave just like every other gang in the mm-hmm. film, which yeah. is. Intentional, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, but the most interesting part is like that that sequence where he's really giving a populist, leftist, radical, revolutionary speech to open up this movie, and the fact that that guy gets die- gets killed, and that's what everyone's upset about. To me, recalls Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and I don't think that's a mistake at all. Like, and that he gets shot on a balcony and like falls backwards off
1: the balcony, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. what does that sound like? Yeah, I uh, thought that was a very interesting way to start the movie. I was like, yeah. oh, maybe this movie has a lot more meat than I thought it did. It was a very interesting like speech and all that, and I thought maybe it was about uniting the gang somehow. <laughs> but then, I, as I thought more, I thought, oh, no, he's probably going to die, and stuff is going to happen. It, right? Yeah. It's uh, not and then, you know, the rest of the movie didn't really go back to that kind of stuff. Y- yeah, uh,
2: yeah, you're you're right. I don't think it's most interesting, in those ideas, but I think that there are s- there's some stuff just kind of baked into the bread here. Mm-hmm. Just the whole concept of having a movie about the gang as the protagonist yeah. is is a radical act. Yeah.
0: And the I don't I don't even know the name of our of our bad guys in this film. But so the, there's like a bad, yeah. bad gang, gang it's the one I think that like they their jacket said the rogues on them. Yes, it They're is the characters. rogues. But like our main bad guy is, oh, I don't yeah. think is ever even named. Probably not. If he is like who knows? Yeah, with the bottles on his fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, really interesting character. He doesn't really seem to have much motivation beyond that he just, like, does bad stuff. Would he, And he says that. Yeah. Right? Like,
2: the, when he kills the Cyrus character, okay. someone asks him, like, why do you do that? He's like, I, his line was, I just like doing stuff like that. Yeah. And, he <laughs> like, is and like
0: that's all the explanation you get. <laughs> truly psychotic. Yeah. As a character. Yeah. Um, so I found, I found that like surprisingly compelling that like I didn't need like a real motivation for this character. He was just like unsettlingly chaotic. chaotic, right. and, and that's like enough to like <clears throat> do this. Like I don't need like a James Bond plan to like yeah. understand like... This l- fucking guy. Yeah, the motivations of the bad guy. He's just like a bad person. And I think it's actually surprisingly well acted because the, the characterization is like very unsettling. Yeah. Well, he yeah.
2: Uh, he probably went on to the most successful career after this. I don't recognize
0: any of the other actors. Me
2: neither. Yeah. But he yeah. was the guy in Commando.
0: That's what I knew him from.
2: Yeah. Where when when yeah. uh, <laughs> Arnold says, "You remember when Arnold's most famous line? You remember when I said I would kill you last? I lied." Mm. He was talking to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cavity kill. That is funny. <laughs> He's
1: got a very good villain face. I he, guess. Yeah. It's a it's a
2: character face. Yeah. Right? Um, according to IMDb, that character is named Luther. Um, so, like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So you know, uh, take that for what you will. Um, but yeah, I like that, and uh, to me, it recalls like a comic book style villain. Like and the Joker. one of the, yeah, like one of the things that the director wanted to do that the studio nixed was to have like comic panel um, inserts between scenes. Is like. A swipe or a transfer or something between scenes. Apparently, there is a director's cut with that. Yes,
1: yeah, and but that's not the version I'll, that I watched. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that at some point. I think yeah. that's the version that I watched. I oh, really? A, I had a lot of like comic book transitions in the one I watched. That is oh, that was not so the, the original. Cut. No,
0: yeah, the version that I've I watched. Oh, I figured
1: they were new because yeah. I could tell like the cell shading looked like way too crisp and shiny and all that. Yes. It, it didn't fit
0: with the rest of the footage. So that's how like apparently it was originally imagined, and that oh, but yeah. that's like the the true like director's cut.
1: Right, and how did they cut between between scenes in the original? Then it's just like a normal movie. It's yeah, just, it's just a like a normal, cut. like fade to
0: fade. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah.
1: It, it was interesting, but how it it, it seemed a little out of place because it was too shiny. Like I said. Yeah, because the studio said no. Like the director wanted to do, it and the studio said
0: no. And it doesn't feel necessary in nope. this film. Like for me, this film, like you want to just like move from scene to scene like as fast as well. like the acceleration of the movie is like important to like how this film moves and to like, to yeah. stop and like have this artistic well, they, moment. They like, were really quick. So necessary. it didn't really interrupt the flow of the movie. Um, they were just kind of there and they were pretty cute, I guess they gave also, the movie a more playful feel. I don't think I need like literal visual metaphors to like <laughs> understand that this is like an absurd movie either. Right? That like we see that on screen like gangs don't dress this way that's like not a real thing right yeah right certainly not like, that extravagantly certainly yeah yeah this is
2: not a thing that happens
0: so yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree that I that haven't have seen it but that's not it's not something that, like it I don't want sounds to me like it would like improve the movie yeah no,
2: I I concur yeah um, but yeah this is really a, a truly independently cast movie and like you pointed out I don't recognize anybody except for the yeah, I, I looked at some night. of
0: their pages, and like a lot of them... Like, they're working. Yeah, they're oh, wait, working no, no, no. actors, the, the, uh, but they're not like, name actors.
1: The, the asshole guy who gets taken by the cops? Yeah. Uh, I recognize him from somewhere. Okay. I think he might have played like one of the police officers in the, the Fast and the Furious series.
0: Okay, yeah, and, and Mercy, <laughs> the, the woman that like ends up following them, she was in other stuff, and she's still acting, too. I saw it. I looked okay. at her page. So. Yeah, the, the guy that gets uh, wrestled onto the
2: train tracks by that cop yeah apparently um, yeah, I read this <laughs> this is funny <laughs> it was not in the script <clears throat> um, that guy was not supposed to die originally but early in production that guy was c- causing so many problems like he just didn't get along with anyone of the director didn't nice. like him and he didn't realize that this movie would be as violent as it actually was <laughs> that the director like when they're shooting that scene says to the uh, script supervisor or whoever it's like we need to get rid of this fucking guy. <laughs> like, just find a way to kill him off. Oh, man. And that's what they did. He just is like, wrestling with this cop and they roll off the the track and get hit by a train and he's never mentioned again and never appears in the movie again. That's it.
1: He was <laughs> an important character, too, because he's the one that witnesses the murder. He was right. the only one who saw the truth <clears> throat> somehow throat> in this, like, field of and 100 he, Apparently he was just such a pain in the ass... <laughs> that they killed
2: him off spontaneously in the yeah, middle of Yeah, I thought the it hurting. was going
1: to be like a major plot point that he knew the truth and he was going to have killed. to like, you know, yeah, the, and yeah. that he was killed. He never actually told any of his fellow gang members. Right. Which seems strange because they were being targeted for this murder and he didn't even like try to tell them that he yeah. saw who actually did it. I agree. That was one of the weirder plot things
2: in this movie is that they got to the end and it seemed, and they're, they're at Coney Island, and they're confronting the, the Luther character that's been chasing them the whole time. And then, like, this army of black men shows up. <laughs> and yeah. it seems like, at that moment, the warriors find out that the reason they're being chased is that they're being blamed yeah, for Cyrus' like, death. And they, like, what? Didn't, I, f- I figured they knew that the whole time, but I guess not. And, like, that was a little confusing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've never been really made, be able to make sense of that in this movie. Uh, I didn't, truthfully, I didn't question
0: it. I was just like, yeah, this is fine. Like, uh, (laughs) I don't, like, need the explanation. Right, and I guess it... It's not the point. I
2: I, I don't care that much, but I had watched the movie up until that point believing that they knew what was going on, believing they had full information. And then at the end, I'm like, wait, no, they didn't? So, like, (laughs) why weren't they
0: questioning any of this
2: throughout the the duration of the film? I think it still
0: made sense, because, like, if the gangs are that territorial, it makes sense that they, like, right, are I, trying I guess. to get away from each other. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, they had the little discussion about whether the truce was still on or not. Right. And then the gang started attacking them. They're like, all right, I guess I not. I guess it's not, yeah. yeah. We're and still got to like, get home, though. They, like, right.
0: u- upset the, the orphans gang. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> so was a funny s- little interaction. <laughs> yeah. They don't even have good costumes. Those poor guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
2: they managed to find the goofiest
0: looking guy. To play the leader of the orphans, like yeah, well cast. Yeah, you want to find a. Want to talk <laughs> about a character face? In, in, in general, though, I think the people in this movie are like not Hollywood people. They're, they're You're like, right. there's not attractive casts. Like, yeah, like yeah.
2: the the Swan guy looks okay. Uh, the Mercy character, she's good looking, um, but most of the other guys are like this. Some kind of just weird about their face. <laughs> right? Yeah, like kind of peculiar looking people. Yeah, and I, I really like that about the movie. Actually, is that they they managed to find all these like.
0: Yeah, distinctive looks for these these folks. Um, Not everybody looks <laughs> good in a vest either. N- th- a vest is like hard to pull off. Yeah. Uh, without a without a shirt, vest or is like, yes. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a vest. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the male
1: stripper look, right? <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: it's like straight out of Magic Mike. <laughs> um, and that's like, and clothing is is so we pointed out earlier, but clothing is so central to this movie because really mm-hmm. that's what causes their problem in the first place. Right. Well, I mean, what really causes it is that Saracen's killed. But the reason the, the orphans go after them is because they refuse to take their vest off when they walk through their territory. Yeah. And yeah. it's like...
1: Because it's their identity. Because it's their, yes, yeah, their it's colors. It's their colors, yeah.
2: Yeah, and like, that is the thing that sets off really everything else for them. Um, and I, I think that's kind of interesting, that like, yeah. it, 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 this, this movie is initiated so much by just this prideful act. This, this. Well, you gotta fight for who you are, right? Apparently, okay. yeah, right. And the, and, they, and the movie doesn't really question it. The movie just says, like, "Yep, this is it's
0: a matter of fact about it. Like, this is what they're doing." Um, I like when movies do that, though, because <coughs> it's just like, yeah, this is the universe that we set up." Like, yeah, like I mean, you just have to follow the rules of this universe, and that's like they establish yeah. it in that scene. Like, that's how this works. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to make sense. It's just like in this universe, that's how it is. Like. Yeah, yeah,
2: I'm not questioning the logic of it, I guess, yeah. but I think that it is, it, it, it's meaningful,
0: I think. Right? Yeah, and I think <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is that it's, like, admirable for the movie to do this. Because sure. they're just, like, okay. this is how it is. Like, get on board with, like, this universe. Like, yeah, it's
1: kind of like uh, a Mad Max a bit, right? They just kind of like throw Mad you mess. into the world
0: and, like, let you figure it out. John Wick does this really well, too. Yeah. Where it's yeah. just, like, yeah, like, assassins trade gold coins when they kill people. Like, yeah, like... That's how it is. And now John Wick rides a horse in the
2: middle of the city. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why not? Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. And this movie really is just such a great feat of imagination, right? Like, there's, I think we kind of take the Warriors for granted, and this movie has entered the pop culture bloodstream in a way that, like, people that haven't seen it still understand, like, the roller skating gangster references and the
1: Warriors come out to play thing. but oh, i don't feel like i've seen the the roller skaters get referenced. really
2: okay to, to me that is the other thing that i know about the warriors is that, that roller bit. skating like guy
1: because that only showed up a little bit and then he wasn't even wearing them when they fought i'm pretty sure yeah i, I know it's i mean
2: it's one of those things that have become larger than the film in yeah. a lot of ways but um like there was an episode of community that like very explicitly references that i definitely missed bit. that reference then yeah. Okay. <laughs> i don't remember it at all <clears throat> yeah it's in the, it's it's in there um there's so I think that this movie like manages to find these ideas and
0: images and concepts. W- one of those which we, I think is like one of the more stylistic choices of the movie is the the DJ narrator yes uh, oh, yeah so like every 15 to 20 minutes we stop and have like a moment with the the narrator and, and it's just some DJ somewhere in the city and she like, Puts on a thematic record. <laughs> yeah,
2: <and laughs> the first one yeah. like that she throws on. Nowhere
0: to run. <laughs> Nowhere to run. <laughs> yeah. Man. Nowhere to run. <laughs> uh,
1: that that was pretty good. They, how, how popular is that song, by the way? Because uh, I mean, it's huge. It was like, in it was in
0: Baby Driver as well.
1: Yeah, which is right. very fitting for that movie, also. Yes, Possibly. I think
0: that's also a reference to. Uh, to this movie, yeah, that's what I was yeah.
1: kind of asking. If it's just a popular enough song that they could use it without it referencing this movie, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, or if
2: they do, knowing it's Edgar, right? Like, I think you kind of yeah understand what he understands what it means. <laughs> There's another when you play
0: like pop. Dad Rock song that they had at like the end of the movie too. I forgot. It's the
2: Eagles. They had in yes. the city. Yeah. Which
0: kind of out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. Because they were. It was like
2: they had played Bad Brains and stuff before this. So it was a yes. lot of kind of like deep cuts. Yeah. And then they close out the movie with like an Eagles hit. <laughs> I'm Like all right. Sure. Yeah. Was, I don't I know how they got I the rights that to that. One. It was. So, I think it was right. written for this movie. Oh really? Yes. I think oh. it's in the credits because um, they they have they credit. In the city it's by like Joel Walsh. Don Henley. Yeah, no, not Don Henley. Joel <laughs> Joe Walsh. Joel Walsh. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And the the eagle, not the former senator. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was written for this movie. I think that this is okay. where it appeared. So yeah. that, that's how they got the rights. Uh, I
0: really like the DJ though. It's just this yes. like unseen woman. You just see her mouth. Um, yeah. With very like sultry kind of like narration of what's happening in the movie. It's such a great contrast to like.
1: The, like, Everything the else. chaos <laughs> that
0: is like the rest of the film. Yeah, I remember when that cool. very bright lipstick on and the
1: background's all red. Yeah, yeah. you see
0: like the, the record player too, and all yeah. the dials. the radio equipment. Yeah, shit. it's so good.
2: The, the, I remember the first time I read um, uh, Infinite Jest. That's how I imagined the Madame Psychosis character. If I, I don't have, either be it? I've never right? attempted yeah. it. Well, you should. It's actually very readable and good. Um, but uh. it, it I, I recall this character. It also reminds me of the DJ in Do the Right Thing. Uh, I think that it, 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 in the same sense that it's like Uh, this figure that kind of sees over the whole rest of the film.
0: There's definitely a Tarantino reference to it, too, in um, Pulp Fiction. In Pulp Fiction, yeah. Yeah. Because
2: Uma Thurman has the close up on the, when she's talking to um, Travolta and tells him to go get a drink um, by the, and tells him that he can use the the intercom, the fellow with the, the fellow by the intercom. Oh, did they, they have Mr. the same uh,
1: camera shot? Yeah, it's
2: the exact same shot where it's like a close-up on her mouth that she leans into the uh, mic, and uh, she has the red lipstick, and she tells Travolta to do, do
1: something. Nice.
2: Yeah. So, um, again, not an accident. Like Tarantino, like Hager, right? Knows yep. what he's referencing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I, there's, like, really nothing else like this film. Like, it's very unique, it seems like. I disagree. Like, like you know, I, I know that the, like there's a ton of references to it, but I like...
2: No, I, I, w- I was reminded of one movie, um, watching it this time, um, so much so that I wonder if it could like function as a prequel to Escape from New York. I think that there's a lot of similarities between th- the setting, obviously, mm-hmm. but also the sense that it's like this world with weird rules that you just kind of accept. Yeah, um, It's another kind of chase movie. Um, it's a, a movie about like centering a criminal character um, in a criminal world, and how that world is like distinct and separate from the real world that we understand, and the real world that, real world that the like legitimate people live in within the movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I could certainly imagine someone like coming up with some fan fiction about how <laughs> the world of the Warriors developed into. Um, the escape from the the, uh, the future year of nineteen ninety seven. The the, <laughs> escape, the escape from canon. Yes, exactly. Um, so I want to see someone write that that slash fiction between <laughs> the Warriors and uh, and Escape so from then, New York. I, I
0: still feel like this film is pretty unique. It is, like, and, well, and it did it first,
2: right? Yeah. So it certainly deserves a lot of credit for that. And this is a, a, really a marvelous feat of imagination. Like that's I, so. Yes, I certainly do agree with you um, in that sense. Yeah, like there's no like colorful gang movies
0: that are coming out. That's true. Or Or gang
2: movies, period. Like, that's just not much of a thing anymore. Um, Or if they are, they're like, dramas.
0: Yeah, Um, or they're they're like, it's about like, a serious, super serious. Gangs of of New York?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although that had some color in it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I forget, Charles, have you seen *This Gift from New York? I have. I thought so. Uh, okay. I don't really remember it though. I don't think I liked it very much, actually. What? No, That's a that great was, film. It was
0: great. You're you're bananas. Prime uh-huh. Isaac Hayes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how Prime. Uh, the. Why my I Carpenter. Yeah. And Kurt Russell. And Kurt Russell. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I've talked about my favorite line on the on that from that movie before, yeah. but I'm going to talk about it again because it's so it's good. So, so funny. Where he they tell him that uh, they ask him if he oh, could yeah. rescue <laughs> the president, and Snake Plissken says, "President of what?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> cracks me up every time. Um, we should we should watch that movie, even though you have seen it. We should do Escape from LA then or something, <laughs> mm, <laughs> which not, is even goofier.
0: Yeah, it's and not it's not not good. No, it's no.
2: not. Yeah, but you do get that sequence where the, they have like all the holographic snake Pliskins at the end of the film and yeah, what, um, like Total Recall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's also a scene where they run into um, what's his face, the like horror god. Um, <laughs> I don't Romero? Romero? No, no. Um, he's an actor. He's a guy from Evil Dad. Oh, uh, oh. Bruce, uh, Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. He's playing this. Uh, it's actually a great sequence. He's playing um, a plastic surgeon, like a a psycho plastic surgeon. Oh, yeah. That's right. Of course he is. And that that sequence <laughs> is incredible. The rest of the movie is garbage. Yeah, it's a d- yeah. it's a
2: very dumb movie. Yeah. And, and a cash-in sequel.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, do we have any other thoughts on um uh, on the Warriors? I wanted to remark on how spectacular the opening scene... Not opening, but like... The, the credit it, sequence at the beginning. I guess I don't mean that, but I mean like when... Uh, oh, we can talk about credit that The credit sequence is really good. Yeah. The uh, stylization
0: <laughs> of like Coney Island, they move up the subway lines. Right, the sense of travel to it and the sense it's of... so good. Like, I, I did love yeah, the but,
1: shot like going looking straight ahead from the subway. Yes. Um, you have like that perfect <clears throat> like perspective drawing yeah. sort of yeah. shot uh, with the text flying at you. But I, I guess I just mean... When all the gangs are assembled, and then the leader gets shot, and there's all this has chaos. There's like a thousand extras there's so in So many it. people, yeah. right? And I loved how full that scene was, and they're all like running around trying to get out from and escaping the cops and all that. And I thought that was incredibly done.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of those were just like people that lived there. Yeah. Like, because they didn't have any money to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to pay in costume, especially to costume extras.
1: Well, a lot of them still had like unique gang outfits, even ones that only showed up for just that scene. Because they were just, gang members. That was members. pretty awesome. Like, oh. That's what the extras were. They just oh, yeah. like hired actual people and
2: gangs and said like, okay. stand in a crowd here while this guy does his monologue, and
0: yeah, and then and now run away. <laughs> the article that I read noted that like the gr- so they they escaped through like a graveyard afterwards. Yeah, and they noted that like they like went to the graveyard and like took the same like angled photo and it's like these these are like real graves <laughs> that they're like showing in it. So like the names that are like on the graves are like real other than the one that they deface is like <clears throat> those are all real people. like graves. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah, like, I don't. Most films like don't do that. They, yeah, because like, there's a little yeah. bit of tasteless. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But again, it speaks to the indie cred of this film, right? Yeah, like we're just like let's go shoot in in this place. In and this, this is like what we got. They, they probably did not get the permit necessary to no. do that. No, I'm sure they <laughs> Well, any New, any I mean,
0: New York was broke when they were making this film, so yeah. like there were a ton of films that were made in the '70s, and they just like shot around the city because like mm-hmm. you nobody's sh- going to stop. Yeah, you. nobody's going to stop you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> watching uh, Hercules in New York, which is from like the 60s <laughs> or like the early 70s, which is like another moment in which the city's broke. That's
1: an early Arnold, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: his first like when on he film. Barely spoke English. Moment. He doesn't <laughs> speak English. Yeah, or. Yeah. And they have like the mafia's like chasing Hercules because <laughs> whatever. But they just like, they're just like driving in station wagons like through. <laughs> through Central Park like <laughs> on the grass yeah, like you can't do that and they're just like tearing up the park <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm sure that like I don't they didn't like lay down sod to like fix no. that like, no the they field. just went home yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's another like how did this get me in movie literally like, in that yeah. sense yeah. yeah how
2: did they manage to get this car in here yeah <laughs> uh, oh that's funny yeah uh,
0: I, I think this is a great film it's uh, we can acknowledge that it's problematic because of the time that it was made, but I think it's incredibly influential and stylistically, like one of the most interesting movies you can watch. Yeah, I,
2: I, we haven't really talked about it. This, uh, enough about like this is just a fun movie to watch. Like it's yeah, a quick 90 absolutely. minutes. It, it's paced really, really well. Like, it's, yeah. it feels like 30 minutes. There's, like, it's, no downtime in this yeah. movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like a video yeah. game in how linear it is. Yes. Well, did um, you play
0: the Warriors I was video just, game? I was yeah. leading
1: into it. I, I think <laughs> I only know or I'm, am aware of this movie because Rockstar made a video game about it. Yeah. I didn't actually play it, but I, like, you know, read about it. So, the first kind of
0: chapter of the game is basically you just, like, playing through this movie. Like, first couple chapters. And then they, like, expand on it yeah. after. But it's, like... It was a good game. I, mm-hmm. I played a bit of it. So. Okay. I like Rockstar in general, so maybe I should have given it a shot. Yeah, but um, it's
1: pretty old by now. But yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, there's a pinball
0: up. mini game in it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> great. In, in like the Warriors' hideout, they have like a pinball machine. Like, yeah. <laughs> nice. They, uh, but yeah, they, like the, they show like a pinball machine like for like a second in the film. It's like, like now it's a fixture in the uh, in the thing. game. Sounds like Rockstar to me. I love the credits of the game though. Are the Ferris wheel. Okay, uh, the Wonder Wheel. Wonder Wheel. Yeah, it's like in the purple lights, like in this movie, which is such a great shot.
2: That is a good shot. Yeah, another one that must have been just actually shot at night, right? Yeah, like, for it looks sure looks like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like the if you haven't seen this movie or haven't seen it in a while, like it's a quick watch. It's a fun watch. You can just kind of you can breeze through it if you want to. You can like dig into the action sequences if you want to. Like it, it works. It holds up really well despite being nearly what forty years old now. It'll be forty years old next year, right? Twenty-one, yeah, yeah, we'll be yeah. forty next year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does not look; it doesn't feel like a forty-year-old film. No, it feels very think. fresh. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah,
2: what do you think, Charles? Any last thoughts? people um, should watch I enjoyed it. it? Yeah, it's great. Okay.
1: the warriors they, they, they come out to play.
2: They sure did. Not come out and play. You pointed this out off the air, but you oh, were yeah, surprised yeah, 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 that, yeah. The, that so the famous line—I was, was aware of wrong. the
1: famous scene, but everybody <laughs> quotes it as Warriors come out and play. And that just like, felt normal to me. So when I was watching the actual scene, he says, come out to play, and I just it was so jarring. <laughs> Turned off the movie. <laughs> it was so jarring to see it that way, but anyway. <laughs> I didn't we even gotta notice start that. start quoting it right. Um, but in any respect, uh, we will be back in a moment with
0: uh, Things We've Seen. Stay tuned. All right, and we're back with Things We've Seen. Uh, Wilson and Charles have both seen the same movie this week. So yeah. what do you guys want to talk about? So we saw Ant-Man 2.
1: And, Man uh, and the
0: Wasp. Ant-Man
1: and the Wasp, yeah. <laughs> I, I always forget that. But uh, I found it to be... <laughs> Ants. <Dance. laughs> yeah. Yes. Ants. Ant- With Ant- Woody Ant- Allen. Ant-Man. <laughs> <men>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I found it to be a fun and enjoyable movie. I don't know if it'll be very memorable, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, people call it a palate cleanser, using every possible form of the word palate, <laughs> uh, including the correct one sometimes Um, but uh, I think that's right like it's much more lighthearted than Infinity War was and so it's a nice change of pace Um, the plot is much more personal and that's what I enjoyed about the first Ant-Man much lower stakes it's more about the characters themselves Um, and you know I find the characters very charming and so I cared about what happened to them Um, the humor was pretty good so it was funny Um, and uh, Action scenes were pretty nice. Um, the the powers they have to shrink and grow and all that were really cool. Um, and so that was fun to watch. Uh, and I really liked how the quantum realm looked. Um, that was neat. Yeah, this is one Where of the they few get movies... really small. Yeah, this is yeah. one of the few movies I've, been, I've seen in 3D in a while. And I think this, this movie actually took advantage of it, uh, especially when they go into the quantum realm because the scenes were all really trippy and were actually in 3D. And so you could... Kind of enhanced the trippiness of it. Um, so all in all, I enjoyed it, um, but uh, I won't like rave about it. I guess it was fine. Right, it was like the okayest movie.
2: That's yeah, that's happened. how I felt about
1: the first Ant-Man as well. Just like very but, middle of the line. They're not bad. Um, but they don't go beyond oh, see I,
0: It like crushed the box office. Well, of course soon. it did. It's it was a like a 100 million dollar movie.
2: Yeah, it's a Disney movie. I think it was Marvel more than movie. that. It was
0: like 150, I think.
2: Yeah, none about yeah. nothing about that. It's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is why they keep making these. Um, so I guess I had a higher opinion of the first Ant-Man than you did. I like uh, the first
1: Ant-Man a lot. I mean, yeah. I will say that much. Cuz I, I also what, like the first Ant-Man. Yeah,
2: cuz what I liked mm. about that movie is that the Paul Rudd character had an arc. And it made sense right mm-hmm. like he starts uh, and it's it was simple and it's an arc we've seen in many other movies before but it was well articulated and you could see like how he got from beat to beat to beat right so he starts off as this selfish guy that is kind of not really there for his daughter or his wife and basically absent from any kind of responsibility in his life and he runs into a problem because of that irresponsibility is punished for it changes and grows and because he's a more responsible person he wins in the end right like that is the very predictable but effective arc for this character. And it seems like what they lifted in from Ant-Man into Ant-Man and Wasp is just the jokes and just like the Paul Ruddness of everything, mm-hmm. right? Like, so yes, the, the charm and the, the, the same characters are here and it's good to see that like the, the Scott character is still like, has actually learned and like that learning has carried over into this film so we don't just have to like do, uh, y- y- you know, a, Force Awakens thing where we just like <laughs> do the same arc again, uh, but they don't replace that with any other arc, right? Like nobody changes in this movie. Nobody learns anything, right? Like it, the, where the characters start the movie is precisely yeah. where they end the
1: movie. Well, I think it's more focused on the adventure and like right, solving and the problem at hand.
2: That's fine, and you can do that, but you still need the arc of the character here if you're going to have a character-based movie, uh-huh. which I think is what this is stri- striving to be. Uh-huh. Right? So I think that there were two ways that they could have fixed this movie, and I don't know, maybe you have different ideas. So I think the first one is to just make it a romantic comedy. (laughs) Like, I think this should have been a Marvel romantic comedy. It should have been about... They touched on that. Right, and they never really went anywhere with it, but it should have been about the relationship between the Rudd character and Evangeline Lilly and like here they are, opposites attract kind of thing, and they're putting the crazy situation together, and they grow close, and they realize that they need one another, and just like basic rom-com tropes, and just like do
1: that, right? And that's well, that really well. what. Well, that is basically what happens. Well, I mean, I guess, spoiler warning for the movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, but like that is basically what happens in this movie, right? They start off at the beginning where they've fallen out because they kind of fell in love in the first one, I guess. I forget exactly what happened in the first one. I don't remember that happening. I forget what happened in the first one, but they implied in this one that they fell in love Mm -hmm. at the end of the first one, but they (laughs) fell out because of the events of Civil War, because Ant-Man stole the suit and went and got them all in trouble. Right. Um, And then he spends the whole movie kind of regaining her trust and her love. Right, but that's not the central relationship in the film. This
2: movie doesn't have a central relationship. Right, like That is stuff that happens on the periphery of the movie. All right, so, you, so you, you get a few throwaway scenes, a few throwaway bits of dialogue about that, but what's, but that's not what drives the film forward. Yeah. Right, that's not what brings it to the next plot point. So, okay, fine, you're not going to do that. I think if you're not going to do that, what you need to do is have this movie be about Hank Pym, right, to, to be about the um, the Michael Douglas character. And I think that there was, there was actually a lot of meat on the bones there, where he starts out as this guy who, like Scott in the prior movie, is selfish but in a different way, where, like, his intelligence and his talent and his abilities have isolated him from the people around him and because of that he loses his wife and he's disconnected from his daughter and his friend does hates him now and he's and this
1: and he creates the villain
2: yes and he creates the villain right so like a lot of this stuff was there but again you never get a moment where he like has a reckoning you get you never have a moment where he's like oh I did these things I my bad acts and my selfishness brought us to this point and I am going to atone for that and fix what happened. Mm -hmm. That never happens in this movie. He's just like kind of a selfish asshole the whole time. And then he like gets his wife back at the end despite not having changed or learned anything. And that sucks, right? Because you can see the kernel of like two thoughtful, good, blockbuster style movies here. And instead it's just like another, you know, middle of the road Marvel adventure. And you know that's fun, and I laughed, and like I had a good time with this movie. But I, I could—it was kind of frustrating that I could see this being something more, and instead it's just not. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah, they did—they yeah. did
2: like kind of reach into both of those, but they, they didn't. Right, they didn't, didn't do anything, do anything it. with it. Which, and you saw the same thing happen in Infinity War. You saw the same thing happen in Spider-Man. Like, you, like the, there's, what maybe, three or four Marvel movies, maybe a little more than that, but like fewer than half that really engaged with any kind of real art for these characters. And he, so you know that like the studio can do it and they often just choose not to. And you know, come on guys, <laughs> come on. You can tell a story.
0: The one possibility that I thought about was he is like actually an ex-con yes. in this movie. I think there's there's a lot of like fertile territory there to explore yeah, you're right. and even within the arc of the universe, he's an ex-con because he was like imprisoned after the like civil war events. civil war stuff. Yeah, and there's there's a lot to do there that you could tread through. But right, well, and I yeah. guess, guess not. And the one of
2: the, the funniest <laughs> relationship in this yeah. movie is between him and the Randall Park FBI character. Like he the, Randall Park, Park is such yeah. he he Randall kills it. He kills it in this movie. He's a great. I want to see more of him. Yeah.
0: I don't know if you guys saw. Um, was the one where he played Kim Jong in the interview. The interview. He like crushes that movie. Yeah, he's same thing. So funny. Yeah, and he's yeah.
2: he's in like a handful of scenes here. The, the firmly a supporting character steals every single one of them. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's, he's a rare he, he gets the best joke in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, like maybe they could have done like a buddy movie with the, I don't know. Like <laughs> it feels like they could have done that. They something could do else. one. They yeah. they implied it for the future. That's maybe. true. Maybe um, so. I, don't know, I wanted this movie to be better, which is how I've left a lot of Marvel movies recently.
0: Um, I'm not going to lie. The trailer with the giant ant playing drums is very upsetting. Oh well, uh, why? like that happens in the movie more than once. I like do not <laughs> like do not want to see the movie. That's like. Just the big ant? Yeah, don't like that. Okay, yeah. Not, that, not okay. a fan the big, of... The big well, that's
2: the after-credits scene, actually. The, the, yeah. the second after-credits scene, but it's also like a throwaway joke in the movie on a few occasions, so... Yeah. If you don't like the big ant, like...
0: Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. not a fan of that. <laughs>
2: it's definitely here. Um, you see it in the bathtub at more than one point. I yeah. Think. Yeah, so you see it bathe. If, if, I don't know. <laughs> so how you I, know it's a clean <laughs> ant. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I don't know right. how you feel about right. that. No, I'm definitely not seeing this
2: movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, no, now that, that we've, we've given that, like, a spoiler warning yeah. and
1: you said you're not watching it, yeah. Yeah. I guess I want to talk about how funny so I thought the first credit oh, scene was. Oh, you thought it was funny? Okay. No, it's funny <laughs> in, that me- in, that, uh, in a meta sense where Marvel knows exactly what they're doing and I knew that they were toying with us. Yeah. Because so the the premise of this after credits scene, assuming you haven't already tuned out for spoilers, is um, that they're all together now and they're gonna send um, Scott into the quantum yeah. realm to gather some quantum energy to help this the villain turn whatever the, like yeah, to do quantum bullshit yeah to to get some quantum energy <coughs> uh, and the whole time you you know that this is happening while Infinity War happened uh, if you're like an, if you've been a, these a dedicated Marvel fan. Um, and so, like you know, they like wait a few moments to send him into the quantum realm, and they have like pause for a beat, and you wait for something bad to happen, and then they send him in. They wait for a confirmation. And they pause for a beat, and you wait for something bad to happen, and then he confirms back that he's okay, and then the camera switches over to him being in the quantum realm, and he says like, "All right, you, you can take me out now." And then they switch back, and all three of the people on the other end have been dusted and then you realize then, what happened, right? right. But like, the whole time, they know that the audience is waiting for someone <laughs> to get dusted. Yeah. Um, and they were just fucking with me, and I thought that was brilliant.
2: Yeah, and... Yeah, like, we also know they're all coming back, but that's I
3: fine. Mean,
2: we'll see. And now now yeah. Ant-Man is
1: uh, undusted, stuck. so we don't... Yeah, he's he's, not, he's stuck, and he's undusted, so we don't know if he's gonna make it back after this whole uh, He definitely is, because this stuff. movie made $150 million last weekend. Oh, okay. He
0: might even be in... Infinity War Two, right? That's we just, totally just didn't true. see him. Well, in he's one, War one of the undusted 1, guys,
1: so, so he's going to do something, presumably. Yeah, yeah. and he was um, like
0: purposely left out of one. Yes. Yeah, but like if Hawkeye. the theory, like Hawkeye, yeah.
1: Yeah. if the theory is that all the people who weren't dusted are going to switch places with the people who were, then that would mean that he wouldn't make it. But they'll they'll make something work. Yeah,
2: yeah, he'll he'll be there at the end of Infinity War Part Two, whatever the hell it's on. Yeah. Um, anyway, what did you see this weekend? In, Infinity, Infinity War. yeah. In, yeah. <laughs> Temporary War. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity plus one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what did you see this weekend, Crossman? Anything good?
0: Yeah, um, oh. I watched a lot of good stuff over the past couple of weeks. Um, I think the
2: best one.
0: Yeah. So, well, I mean, the best thing that I saw was Sorry to Bother You. Um, but yes. I think it's hard to talk about without spoiling. And, and Wilson's... Which I
2: had that experience. Wilson
0: spoke about last week. So I'm going to talk about something else. But okay. if you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, like definitely go see it top three of
2: the year so far for me easily
0: it's funny and unsettling and bizarre and bizarre and radical yeah it's so good yeah so good on so many levels um and the main character for sure is Lakeith Stanfield Lakeith Stanfield what a a star what a performance yeah yeah Yeah. um saw another saw a few other films uh I saw um L which is a Paul Vorhoven movie I've seen that you've seen it <laughs> yes okay I'm glad you've seen it because actually if, if no one else had seen it it's I think it's a hard movie to talk about because
1: yeah this is a new I, one no it no, came out
0: a couple years out, ago no it came out last was year was it last I year okay. I think it came out last year um, is that the guy who did RoboCop yes, yes. yeah yeah Yeah. Um, so yeah and Starship Troopers yeah. so he's like one of the great minds of like critiquing <laughs> culture or, or who's still working yeah um, he's Dutch. This is a very French film, though. All the characters are French. Yep. The movie is in French. Still uh, stars Isabelle Hooper. It's in. Yeah. It's set in Paris. Um, yeah. Uh, starts um, with open film opens with like a very violent sexual assault of the main character, um, and then goes from there. Yeah. it's about her kind of relationships with like everybody else in the film and, and
2: and about her relationship with her own assault
0: yes yeah, and her like dealing and not dealing with it um, so there's a lot of layers to this character that the movie like really dives into so she um, she's like kind of self made she runs a video game studio which is kind of supposed to be like an Ubisoft uh, style company um, she's the co-CEO of this company um, her her she has like a poor relationship with her mother. Her father is a, a serial killer, um, and he's yeah. in jail. And, and you don't s-
2: find out till like you kind of there's never a reveal moment, but it's always yes. just like bits and pieces throughout the film. Then at, at some point you realize like wait a minute like this dude <laughs> was a murderer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so she has a poor relationship <laughs> with her father, <laughs> who's that. jailed in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's off screen, but he's like a strong presence within the film and like, she clearly has like not dealt with that trauma either. Cause it kind of like slips out in the middle of the film where she just like is trying to pick up her na- her married neighbor. And she's just like, yeah, when they found me, I was covered in ash and her neighbor just like cocks his head and he's like, what are you talking about? And her father had been like burning all the furniture in their house in their yard. and and she was arrested and then she was just like standing in the yard covered in ash or something as a child. Right, and And there's like like, a a little hint
2: about like her own complicity in the murders, which is another layer to this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's weird that the the film is like not dark, which is weird to say. It's like kind of a comedy or it's like, it has like comedic tones to it. So like it has like very serious subject matter, which it treats. Well, like mm-hmm. it does really interesting things with like the trauma that this character has experienced, some generational trauma that she's experienced. Um, but also has like comedic moments. So she has a like kind of a fail son who, like, mm-hmm. he has a girlfriend and like his girlfriend's coolly cheated on him. His girlfriend has a baby in the film, and like the baby isn't his. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is one of the more racist moments in the film, but um, it's France, it's France, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's like this kind of goofy, fail son throughout the film, and he just like can't get anything right, and like works at McDonald's, and like can't like keep his life together, and like mm-hmm. just kind of rides off his, his mother's money. Um, there's a lot going on in this film. I don't, I don't know what this film is trying to say, other than it's like trying to unpack like it, it's, it's clearly it's a very French film. It's about power and sexual relationships and adult relationships and she has like every single like type of relationship like she has someone that she's in love with she has someone that she's like cheating with she gets assaulted so it's like it's definitely about that and like right well and i think it's but I, i didn't know what to take away from this film other than it was like really unsettling at moments, (laughs) and then like, there's so much going on in it. Yeah, and I think
2: a a lot of it is about the relationship between rape and desire, and not just the desire of the rapist. So it kind of takes this Straw Dogs kind of tact, right? So Straw Dogs was a movie that came out in the 70s starring Dustin Hoffman. Um, It's a rape revenge movie where his wife is raped by men who are pitched as like much more masculine and virile than he is. Um, and there is a shot in the movie during the rape sequence where the woman, you see just a hint of pleasure on her face, like during the rape. And the movie deals with that idea as well. Uh, one critique I read when this movie came out is that it is a study of a female psychopath. Right? Is that, that she is a, that she is pitched as this uncaring figure that doesn't see other people as people, and that plays into her relationship with her father as well. Um, and also the fact that she's a CEO and she's wealthy and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I don't think that verhoeven is interested in saying something definite here. I think he's interested in introducing as many complicating factors as possible um, and leaving it up to the audience to unpackage them and to piece them together um, as well as you can. It's a fascinating film and it's one of the more complicated movies I've probably ever seen.
0: There. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's scary at moments yeah. too. Well, and and it's like traumatizing and
2: and, and what yeah. a performance from Isabella, right? Like yeah. she carries this movie. She's in every single scene. She is the emotional core of the film. She is the drives everything that happens. Like what a powerhouse! Like cannot say enough about how, how strong she is here.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm not used to this style of like Vorhees film. It's not like um, it's not Robocop it's not <laughs> Robocop and, it, it's not yeah. Troopers, nope. and it's not Starship Troopers and it's not what was the Mars movie with Schwarzenegger um, Total Recall Total Recall it's, yeah. m- it's not those those are like very tongue in cheek like cultural critiques this is like a surprisingly serious movie yeah. well,
2: it's, it's not science fiction yeah it's yeah. yeah. definitely not this takes place here um, but yeah I, I like well, the, it's
0: surprisingly grounded right because yeah. the the film the th- films that you think of are like some of the most imaginative mm-hmm. films like yeah. ever made,
2: and again, this it feels uh, very French in that sense, right? And yeah, it feels like one of those, like an art house movie, and it is. Um, and
0: yeah, well, it just takes place in like a neighborhood in Paris, and they like they go to a few places in Paris, and that's like where all yeah. the action happens. Yep. Like. Mm-hmm.
1: Although you do mention yeah. um, how he combines the serious topics with humor, right? And that seems to be a throughput through right. all of his it's, other
2: movies. Yeah, and it's a it's a very dark humor here. Here mm-hmm. as well, which I think you do see in his other movies. So it is unmistakably his product. Yeah, a lot of the humor
0: yeah. is driven by, like, her, like, not being able to relate to the other characters or her like fail son, who's just this like very goofy character right, right. And, so I mean, yeah. th- and that's the
2: other side of this. So, like is she yeah. a psychopathic character who can't relate to other people, or was she raped and she has no idea how to deal with that and her way of dealing with it is to that's draw yeah, that's how I away from other people i I don't know, but I think that the movie introduces both yeah. possibilities
0: th- that's how I read it. and part of the reason that drove me to to that was that she like she does seem to care a lot about her son. Yeah. like she knows that he's like a fuck up, but she yeah. like she does want him to like be better and like she's not putting have him out a, on the street. Yeah,
2: yeah, and she, and that option's available to her. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Right. So
2: yeah, good movie. Um, it got I, I'm pretty sure it came out two years ago. I think it's a 2016 movie, but I could okay. be wrong. Um, or at least that's my side. Uh, and it, I, it got a lot of attention then and not much since then, but I think yeah. it's worth returning to um, I, if you missed it. I
0: went into it expecting it to be like a revenge movie in that... Kind of. <laughs> it c- kind of <laughs> yeah. is, but it's kind of not. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's not like she like... And they, they even mis- mislead you into thinking that it's going to be like... It, it works.
2: Yeah, I was totally... Like there's a reveal in this movie and like I was shocked. I didn't see it coming. I did. Oh, um, okay, I didn't. I yeah, was, I but I also was...
0: watched it in two parts, so I had, like, a day to think about oh, what okay. was going to happen. I just saw in the theater. And I... I... I had like two possibilities, and one of them was correct. So, okay, but there is a scene where she's like, she has one of her employees like teach her how to shoot guns, and I was yeah. like, okay, this is where the revenge <laughs> yeah, starts. Here we are, it's and like, it's not where it goes at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but
2: anyway, uh, go watch it. Um, and the name of the movie is L, spelled like E L L. E L L, like in French. Yeah. Um, and it's very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my pick. Yeah, your pick. Okay, uh, we're gonna go with the uh, the Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, the the one of the greatest casts of the 90s I think uh, in this movie and just a fascinating study I think of revenge desire homosexuality and the 50s (laughs) I suppose (laughs) Um, so talented mr. Ripley another Patricia Highsmith adaptation uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, please share it with folks. Please like us on Facebook and download our episodes and follow us on Instagram and iTunes and so forth um, and share it with all your friends. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week for The Talented Mr. Ripley.